for Relaunch's first workshop for 2019. It's in Perth on the 16th of January with the theme being Reset and Celebrate. There will be a workshop followed by music, drinks and nibbles. You'll find all the details and tickets at relauncher.com.au. Joining us in this podcast episode is Perth girl, Nikki Hayder. Nikki is a well-established holistic wellness advocate, combining nutrition, mindset, yoga, retreats, workshops, and so much more. Nikki has a passion for healthy, balanced living and a love for real food. She's combined her experience as a commercial cook with her interest and expertise in business, nutrition, and wellness. In this episode, we talk about how her business has evolved and grown over the many years she's been in operation. Hi, Nikki. Thanks so much for joining us. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm really good. Thank you. How are you? I'm super well. I was just saying before we hit record that this is the second time you've been on this podcast. So avid listeners will have definitely met you before, but for people that haven't, I'd love you to introduce yourself. Okay. Yes. Second time on here and so much has changed since then. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So I'm basically, I'm a qualified nutritional therapist. I'm a, um, I guess I've I've done my health coaching certification as well. So I'm a a health coach. I am a recently qualified yoga teacher. I also have a degree in a bachelor in business as well. Amazing. All right then. So much. I, I, you know what? I just assumed that you um, were a yogi teacher from way back. So that's a new string, is it? It is. It's a new string. I've always practiced yoga. I've practiced since I was a teenager and I've always come back to yoga in different times of my life, but it's been something that I wanted to do for a deeper sense of my own practice. But then now I've just fallen in love with, um, with teaching as well. So it's amazing. I love it. There you go. Oh my gosh. Now, where do we start? Do we start with nude and then work our way forward? Yeah, we can. (laughs) I think that's the easiest. All right. So nude is Nikki's brand um, that has absolutely evolved over the years. Nikki, take it away. Okay. So nude started, gosh, six years ago, (laughs) a long time ago now. So six years ago and it started as a, um, well, I originally graduated my studies and I was working one-on-one more also as a like a coach or a nutritional therapist with one-on-one people and then that became a lot of these clients saying to me oh I have a food allergy um you know I need to have specialized catering for my event or my daughter's birthday or whatever it was and with my background in food because when I was studying I worked as a commercial cook I um said to these people oh you know no worries like I'll, I'll cook something for you I can help cater or whatever it might be and so I started this business nude that became started off as like a catering business that then launched into people saying oh we're in a a rush we're time poor there are no healthy grab-and-go options so then I kind of launched the healthy grab-and-go I guess movement in Perth where we started creating these healthy freshly made meals that were stocked in all your local shops and IGAs and things like that so that was going on for a couple of years the catering we did lots of pop-up stop shops we were stocked in all different places Um, and that grew very quickly and I think there was a lot of growth for me in the business in that time it it grew fast but also there was a lot of staffing issues the staff overheads were huge and also selling health food um 
which is fresh, which is, um, you know, doesn't have a long shelf life, which you're selling at wholesale also became a bit of a, a problem because you really need economies of scale to make that work on a large grand scale. Um, so that kind of made me rethink my business model. Um, and then I opened a cafe and closed down the whole food side of things. So the cafe went for two and a half years. Um, and then I realized that by having a cafe, I'm literally bound to a building and <laughs> couldn't really do anything. And the, and the cafe only functioned really well if I was physically there. Um, so I then made a decision after that to close down the cafe and I've now merged my business with an existing cold press juice company here in Perth um, and now all we focus on is healthy home delivery to people's houses. So it's gone from one thing to another to another. We've gone back to the prepackaged meals but now it's all retail price and it's designed to order so there's minimal wastage, staff wages are monitored, produce is monitored, everything is systemized, and it is so much better. <laughs> oh my gosh. How did you feel when you closed down the cafe? Because that was a baby and you'd been working to opening that cafe, you know, for quite some time. Mm. So was it a good feeling or were you sad? Uh, it was it was bittersweet. Yeah. You know, it was very um the cafe, I put so much of my love and time into that. And the concept that I had for it was, I think once again, very different to what other people were doing. Um, I think it's hard when you have an idea, especially in the health food space, of how you want something to be um, versus how much people are willing to spend and I think that's a real difficult challenge because you want me being the way I am I only wanted certain types of milks and I only wanted certain types of foods and certain quality of produce and I found that over the time that was a bit of a struggle for me to try to find the sweet point of what am I willing and happy to serve versus what are people willing and happy to pay for yeah um that was a big challenge for me the actual building itself like I loved it so much but once again yeah it was more so my life like I was losing um my life in a way you know you're in there all the time and I should have known that you know I did work as a chef in a cafe for five years when I was studying and I managed a really busy cafe in Subiaco and I didn't have a life then (laughs) so I should have known that I wouldn't have had a life moving forward and I think just going through that process I became more and more exhausted and I just went I love this but um but I'm also suffering as a result of it because I feel like I need to be here all the time Mm. um and therefore what do I do you know how how can I still serve people um without sacrificing my personal health and so that was why that decision was made and Mm. it was a huge learning so yeah it was really bittersweet I remember sitting on the floor of the cafe bawling my eyes out at one point when it was all packing up going god is this the right decision or like have I failed um you know like has this does this mean that I'm not a good business person that I've done this or you know and it was a really challenging time for me but I had amazing support around me and as soon as it was done I felt like the world was off my shoulders um so that feeling for me was was a good feeling yeah now this is all quite recent really when when did this happen a year ago now oh, was it a year oh god I thought it was about six months ago no no about I think it a fish sorry 10 months ago it would have officially closed yeah like start of this year yeah. oh my god yeah. okay so the new brand so nude is now known as as pure and nude yeah so yeah. it was so pure cleanse glow Mm-hmm. I always used to get those names riddled up because it would put, yeah, Pure Cleanse Glow, which is the Perth juice company, is now mm-hmm. 
pure and nude. So we've got juice and food. Yeah, perfect. Yeah. And it's been an amazing, because we started doing that at the cafe. We actually had a bit of a side business that was going on whilst the cafe was open because people did want home delivery of of foods and meals to their to their houses and so that was already kind of starting to happen behind the scenes and we already had quite a few people that were loyal customers who were ordering from us and then it just so happened that when one door closed um, Rihanna who was the director of Pure Glow she came approached me and said look we feel like the only arm that's missing with us is food. You know, a lot of people do juice cleansers and they do like to order it, but there's usually they only order once every now and then or there's they do it for a specific reason, whereas having the food element makes it more of an everyday um, kind of purchase and it gives it a lot more kind of sustainability into it, like a, a long-term healthy diet and, and plan as opposed to just having juice all the time. And um, they've been looking at introducing a food element to their product for a while and that that conversation just happened literally Oh, I don't even know if it was just before the cafe closed or maybe a couple of weeks after. And literally one thing just went straight into the next and I dived straight into creating recipes for that. Amazing. <laughs> oh, my. Isn't it incredible how just things work out? And sometimes when it just feels so bad at the time, it's always happening for a reason. Always. Oh, a hundred percent. Look, and there are so many things that you learn along the way. Like I, to be perfectly like (laughs) candid and open, like I had um, a huge issue with one of the banks when I was actually closing down things with Nude and actually ended up, there was a huge um, debacle that went on with lending from the bank and actually mislending and and lending the wrong product to me as a business and I didn't even pick up on it until my brother looked at it for me and so along with closing everything um, and I think this is a huge thing and I'm just saying it because this is obviously a lot of small business owners are listening to this podcast but a lot of the time when you look at loans and lending and different overdrafts and what have you um, I am not a finance background that's not something that I come from and it wasn't until my brother was looking at figures and things for me that he said hang on why is this like this and he said I think that they've I think that this is wrong. I think that you need to actually take this up with the bank. And so I approached them about why I had been issued a certain product and not another. And it turned into a huge case that ended up going with the financial ombudsman. And we ended up winning the case because they found them to be negligently lending um, outside of their scope. So is that the fault of the um, bank. person, the, the, yeah. the bank in total or, or the actual person that you, individual person? The person. That you, yeah. Yeah. Oh so easily not picked up on that. Oh, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have. I would have continued paying off something that I wasn't actually supposed to be paying off. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and I actually tried Chase. So to be, um, I'll just be honest. So it was a, um, basically they'd given me an overdraft, which was, which I thought was fine. So an overdraft on my bank account so that you have that kind of, I guess, that net there to catch you should you kind of go into negative and then, you you know, it kind of helps with cash flow. But they gave me the, they extended the overdraft um, as instead of giving me a small business loan when I was building the cafe and it should have been a loan, not an overdraft because the interest rates on an overdraft is like 15% or something crazy. Oh, my gosh. Mm. I've never heard this type of story before. So there you go. (laughs) So Mm. just like for people who are listening, it's something that – 
do your due diligence with regards to banks and loans and overdrafts and ask questions and really look at the fine print and get someone who is if you're not a finance person, get someone who is, and it sound, might sound so basic, but it's a huge, like if I didn't have my brother, I would be paying off something that I wasn't supposed to be. And, and it's must just. Be and even, all the time. Must be happening. Oh, I, I, I imagine it would be. Like yeah. when I was going through it, I was thinking in my head, who else would be going through this? Because there would be so many people. Far out. Oh, my mm. gosh. Okay. So that's one lesson. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. A massive lesson. Oh, my God. So so now you've also got your own brand, which you've also had, you know, going for years as well. Yeah, yeah. What's included in the Nikki Hayter brand? So basically this is something that, as you know, I've kind of like dipped my toe in and out of every all the time. And I think it's always been having... Having the cafe and being physically tied down to something um, for so long, I was never able to focus on my role as a nutritionist and as a counsellor and even I was doing a bit of business coaching and things as well. But um, now moving forward, it's definitely the area that I want to hone in on. And I see, so I see clients one-on-one and I look at both lifestyle and diet Um, and I do that via Skype. So internationally I've got quite a few clients in the UK at the moment actually. So doing a lot of help on their, yeah, their diet, their mental health, their physical health and their well-being. I have a very, I guess holistic is used a lot, but very holistic approach to what I do in the sense that I'm a big seeker of balance myself. And so my approach to my clients is very much not about you know, like, oh, follow this diet or do this or do that. It's basically assessing their lifestyle and their values and then looking at what suits them from a dietary perspective and from a lifestyle perspective so that they can have a balanced and fun lifestyle, um, which also incorporates, you know, like making their default setting healthy without losing out on all the things that they enjoy about their lives um, and any of their chosen dietary preferences. So I really want to make sure people can just default healthy like have a big night you know how to get back out of it you're stressed you know what to do you know like to build that connection between their mind and their body which is a huge thing for me um so I do that via yeah coaching Skype one-on-one I'm creating an ebook at the moment with a, something that I've used for a lot of my clients over the years um as to kind of a bit of a healthy default I guess, Bible, so they can always pull that out and kind of refer back to that. I'm actually in the process of writing a book, which is really exciting. Um, and, yeah, lots of other exciting things in the pipeline in the media kind of space. Yeah, incredible. And yeah. then you're also about to move to Bali. For yes. Good. good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Sounds like heaven. Yeah. Your, your family's there. Yes. So I grew up in Bali. Well, I grew up in Indonesia. Um, so I actually didn't move to Perth until I was um, starting high school. So that was my home base. That's where I grew up. My father's half Indonesian. Um, and so that is home. Mum and dad are there. My sister lives there. She's a wedding planner. Um, my brother is in Jakarta. So um, my whole family's in Indonesia. And I think I just maybe yeah this this year I've just had a lot of change in the past year and a lot of like we were talking about earlier before this kind of we were recording a lot of self time to self-reflect and Mm. for me um I really want to do my work and I want to reach as many people as possible but I also 
need to look after myself and that's a really big thing for me and I've also recognized how incredibly valuable family is and how much I miss my family and how amazing they've been to me over the years and maybe as you get older you just go wow they've done such a good job you know and I want to give back to them and I know that they value family so much you know and it would make my mum and my dad's like hearts explode to have all three of their children in the same country again um and so I really that's I guess something that I want to give back to them I want to spend more time with them and I want to involve them more in my life Mm. um so I'm really excited about it wow so I mean obviously throughout this journey you've created an incredible flexible lifestyle which is the reason why most people start up businesses to begin with but you know it's hard to maintain it really really is (laughs) how have you managed um oh it is hard to maintain I think you have to be I think whenever you own your own, your own business, you have to recognize that you don't necessarily have weekdays and weekends. Like you have, you just plan out your days. I think you have to know how long each task takes and how many hours are needed to do certain things. And you have to be really good with time management, knowing that then you can have time off and maybe other people can't, or maybe you can book in a weekend down south, or you can do other bits and pieces that kind of fill your tank back up. Um, But I think a lot of people who see that flexi lifestyle do go, oh, you know, what does she do? Or she has it so good or whatever it might be. But that doesn't mean that people don't have, um, you know, behind the scenes they aren't up until 1 o'clock in the morning writing content or trying to find out ways to market their business or you wear so many different hats and there is so much stress involved with it but it's a matter of also just being really good with your time. So you, I block out full admin days where there are no contact with anybody else um, as well as like life admin days. So there are yeah. times as well where you need to just go, okay, have I, you know, bills, are they all up to date? Is my car been serviced? I need to do this, I need to do that. You still need to have those those days. And then days where you check off your inbox, where you do all of the other admin tasks, the accounting bits and pieces, you contact all the other elements that create your business in order to make it function. Um, and then not to get overwhelmed, like doing one-on-one work, as you know, um, it can be very draining when you're talking to people for hour blocks all day. Um, and you take on a lot of their energy and you take on, a, you use a lot of your energy in listening and in, you know, being empathetic and writing things down and, you know, trying to figure out the best strategy for them. Um, so recognizing that that in itself is energy draining. So making sure that you only have, you know, maybe no more than four people a day so that you have the time needed to decompress, create something good and not get overwhelmed and give them good content and something that is applicable to them. Um, So I think that's really important as well. Great, great pieces of advice there. So what would you say a contributing factor, because I'm sure there's many, um, Mm. contributing factor to your success as to where you are today? Um, Oh, contributing factor. I think I am... I don't think I always used to be like this, but I think I've really kind of... um, stepped into my vulnerability a lot (laughs) with regards to I 
I think I'm very courageous in what I do and, and business decisions that I make. I think I have a strong sense of purpose. Um, so a lot of the time when you're feeling wishy-washy about things, maybe you don't know which way to go, but I think that sense of purpose and the desire to help other people for me is so strong that it can fuel that courage and the need to back myself and to take risks where I need to and to be able to kind of stand up in the face of adversity or challenges and go, you know what, I can do this, I can get through this and it's going to be okay. Um, I think that has been something for me. I've gone through some amazing times but like some really incredibly challenging times and the only reason why I think I can still stand up and like preach what I do and and preach it with 130% confidence is because of that sense of purpose that I know I'm coming from a good place and a place that I want to help others. But I mentioned vulnerability before just because I think over the years um, I used to be a lot more I can do everything myself. Mm. Um And I think that's a really big trap in business. I think you have to really know and accept that you have weaknesses that, um, you know, you're not perfect and you can't be, you can't be the master of everything. And I think when you realize that and you have the ability to ask people for help and guidance um, and support is one of the strongest things that you can do and be is to be able to say like, this is me and this is what I do. And this is my team of people who support me and love me and help me. And I'm never afraid to ask them for help. Yeah. Such yeah. good advice. It's so true. And you know what? That That's a skill that you learn over time. It's, it really, really is. Mm. I used to always think that if you asked for help, you were weak. Same. You were stupid, so did you were I. Oh yeah. I'd be like, oh, my God, they're going to think I'm incompetent because I don't yeah. know how to do this. Um, and actually people love, like I love helping people and people love helping you. And I was recently on this yoga um, retreat finishing my yoga teacher training in Bali and one of the things that came up for me because we had to do a lot of work on our limiting core beliefs. And um, one thing that came up for me was that I do have this, you know, this, I guess, ability or this super independence that I have, which my limiting core belief was that I'm not worthy. And that has come from a lot of other bits and pieces in my life. But basically I overcompensate that by being really independent, A, and B, by giving so much to other people but when someone wants to give to me I say oh no 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 no. it's okay you give it to someone else or I don't need it or it's okay or whatever it might be and the facilitator actually said to me you're taking something away from them that is so beautiful you're being so so selfish Mm, that's so true it made me really reconsider when people offer me things and I went oh my god I I thought I was doing them a favor by saying no 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 you keep that to yourself or you don't need to give that to me or you don't need to help me and in actual fact he made me realize like yeah I am being selfish I'm taking away something from someone that I love giving to other people and I'm taking that from them Oh my gosh, so brilliantly (laughs) described. I'm like that. I mean, I'm not like as much like that these days, but that just, that makes so much sense, doesn't it? Oh, it really does. And it really resonated with me. And so like one of the things I really want to work on is like a New Year's resolution is being open to receiving to being like mm-hmm. not having that um, defence mechanism that comes in when someone says, oh, Nikki, even if it's like, oh, you cook dinner, let me do the dishes. And I'd be like, oh, no, 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 it's okay. I can do the dishes too, whatever it might be, to be able to say, yeah, okay, thank you. That would be lovely. <laughs> oh, my gosh. that That is such a great message. 
Oh, I'm so bad at doing it, but I really want to try to be better at it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, Nikki, where can everyone find you? So, in Bali, um, but where can in, they yeah, find come hang out with me in Bali. Um, <laughs> um, so they can find me. Instagram is just Nikki.hater. So it's N I K K I dot H E Y D E R. And then my website is NikkiHater.com. Um, and for those people that are living in Perth and they want to, you know, look at the healthy home delivery side of things, they can go to Pure and Nude, which is n um, au, and that's all the um, healthy home delivery and juices and meals and things. Fabulous. Nikki, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for having me. I've loved being back on here.